Okay, thank you all um, for joining on a, if you're on the East Coast, it is a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. So appreciate you uh, sacrificing the, uh, the day to be on a Uber conference call with us, but maybe you're on the phone and walking around outside and that'll be nice. Um, my name is Travis Moore. I'm the founder and director of Tech Congress, also joined by my colleague, Alina Khan, who is um, on in the background and helping us, helping us organize. We are um, uh, here to talk about um, our January 2023 fellowship. Um, so we're really, really excited to bring on um, a new class, uh, likely our largest yet continuing to grow, um, which is a, just a sign of how urgently your skills and expertise are, are needed in Congress. So um, just a couple of housekeeping items um, before we begin. Um, first is to note that you all, um, all are muted. Um, I'm going to talk for probably about 25 minutes, just giving some uh, rough background on the program, where we've been, where we're going. Um, and then we're going to have the rest of the hour for questions. Um, so we can ask questions uh, either in the chat, which Alina just um, popped in and said hello on um, on Uber Conference. If you're uh, if you're uh, on the desktop or on the web version, um, or um, you'll be able to ask your question uh, over audio. And to do that, you'll press star star to unmute yourself if you're on the phone. Um, and we'll take questions both ways. Um, also, the call is being recorded, um, and uh, we will post this call after on the website, um, on the blog, for those that aren't able to join live. So just know that um, your question will be recorded and on the record. And I mentioned uh, uh, my colleague Alina is on, and also my colleague Brooke is on. So um, uh, when it comes time for questions, um, perhaps Lena or Brooke um, will also chime in for answers. Um, so really glad to have them and glad to have um, you all on here. So um, uh, this is an info call about our 2023 um, fellowships. We're recruiting for both early career and mid-career. Um, and uh, if you are on this, on this call, you may have remembered a couple of years ago when Mark Zuckerberg testified um, before Congress um, and uh, got some pretty goofy questions. And that laid bare what I experienced for six years in Congress, which is um, Congress is not equipped to legislate on tech issues. So that was true during the Zuckerberg hearings in 2018. Um, it was also true in 2009 and 2010 when I was writing, or excuse me, when I was working in Congress for uh, Representative Henry Waxman. We were writing a bill um, you may have heard of called the Affordable Care Act. And um, that led to another um, tech government kerfluffle, um, uh, which was the failure of healthcare.gov, the website that was um, where uh, you were supposed to sign up for um, healthcare coverage. And, um, you know, one of the lesser sold stories about the failure of healthcare.gov is that Congress played a, a big um, part in the website failing. Um, and that was because the Affordable Care Act in law and statute um, included some very rigid prescriptions for how the website was supposed to be built um, that are contrary to how 
individuals build websites. Um, why was that? It was because of the hundreds of staff that worked on the Affordable Care Act. Many of many of my colleagues, wonderful, good civil servants. Um, not one of them was a technologist, or not one of them even knew how websites were built. So um, fast forward to 2018 in those Facebook hearings. Um, you know, those hearings were a little bit more complicated than building a website, but um, it wasn't rocket science. We're not talking about you know quantum computing or uh, uh, or AI applied to essentially um, every industry or, um, uh, you know, any of the range of, of technology that is coming down the pipeline. Um, and um, so these issues are only going to get more complicated and, and challenging. Um, but of the 3,500 legislative staff working in Congress, there are about 3,500 legislative policy staffers. There are about 20 that have any meaningful um, experience or training with technology. So we exist because our vision is that has to change. Um, that there should be a technologist touching policy at each stage of the legislative process. Um, and so we are setting out to do that, to be a pipeline for tech expertise in the Congress. Um, we want fellows to stay on in Congress. We, um, our, our goal is to convert a third of our fellows into full-time staffing roles um, uh, on, on Capitol Hill, and, um, and we, are, we are doing that. And ultimately, our goal is to um, have at least 40 fellows uh, stay on in full-time staffing roles after we're done. That isn't um, the purpose for all fellows coming into the program, but it is an express um, goal of this program. So, um, uh, and I should say, I, I built this program because I needed it as a staffer. And we can talk a little bit more about that in the Q&A. But I found myself very underwater here and there on issues, of, a couple cybersecurity issues, needing to understand what actually, what was personally identifiable information? What, what, did, what did that mean? What did it mean to anonymize data so that I could make a vote recommendation um, to my then boss on cybersecurity issues? So um, at Tech Congress, we have um, uh, three core objectives. First and foremost, it's to train cross-sector leaders. Um, you can think of this as a master's degree in how government and policy work. There is no better education uh, into government than, uh, than this fellowship. Not hyperbole, full stop. Um, you will be uh, placed um, among the top decision makers in government and within um, Within six weeks, you might be Marley Rafson advising the uh, six weeks of starting the program was advising the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, on disinformation and privacy. Um, it is an extraordinary learning opportunity. So first and foremost, this is um, this is for your education. We need cross um, we need cross sector leaders um, that uh, can bridge tech and government, uh, whether they stay in government or whether they go back to tech. We need people that can speak to both worlds, and that and that is our, our primary goal. Second goal is to galvanize Congress to realize that it has this tech deficit and to solve it for itself. We are not going to solve this problem with 535 technologists. We do not. That is not our goal. Is it to be to be the tech expertise for Congress? Congress needs to solve this problem for itself. It is doing that. It is doing that in part by hiring our fellows. It is also doing that by um, investing in programs that um, to build other tech capacity and bring bring in other technologists which we can talk about in the, in the Q&A if that's helpful. Um, and then third, um, our objective is to uh, build a program that can bring in the latest 
expertise, folks that have been working on frontier technology on the latest challenges and opportunity um, to cycle that expertise on an annual basis to keep the institution up to date. Um, we do this with two core values. Um, first is that we are non-ideological and non-partisan. We do not take positions on issues. And we work with uh, folks across the ideological spectrum. We've had fellows work for um, members ranging from uh, Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren to um, Tom Cotton and John Thune, the number two in the Senate, and Tim Scott, um, and everyone in between. Um, and we've seen extraordinary outcomes from that um, um, because, believe it or not, contrary to what you read in the news, most of what happens uh, and gets accomplished in Congress, and there still is a great deal, happens on a bipartisan basis. And our fellows, um, be, having their trusted relationships, are able to get an extraordinary amount done um, um, uh, because uh, because of their ability to work with one another. So, um, why would you want to do this? <laughs> why would you want to go into Congress for a year and leave your sector? Well, I, I want to tell the story of um, an alumni of ours, Allison Hutching. Allison's a um, uh, mechanical engineer by trade. Um, she thought she'd come into the program, do a tour of duty, and then go back west, back to San Diego. Um, but within a matter of months, um, she says it's the best job she's ever had, and she's making a, a career of, of, of being a technologist in government, um, first in the Senate and now uh, in, in the Biden administration. So, um, and why was that? It was the quality of the work. So within the first few months, she'd um, uh, authored the first bipartisan bill ever introduced in Congress to regulate facial recognition. She had investigated how Twitter, Facebook, Google, um, and other uh, tech platforms were managing social media disinformation, um, especially as it relates to the census. She had uh, led an investigation into the Boeing 737 MAX crash. As a mechanical engineer by trade, someone who had built roller coasters and worked on the Mars rover, she was uniquely qualified when, those, uh, when, when, um, when the uh, 737 MAX um, incidents happened. Um, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We have, fellow, we have had fellows do extraordinary work. Among them, uh, uh, leading the investigation into, um, <clears throat> which you, you may have seen last fall, Francis Haugen's allegations, um, a whistleblower Francis Haugen, her allegations um, uh, from her time at Facebook, um, we had uh, six fellows or alumni work on um, work on that investigation in those hearings. Um, we had a fellow get the Uyghur Forced uh, Labor Protection Act signed into law, which targets um, and sanctions Chinese tech companies um, exporting uh, tech components using um, uh, Uyghur forced labor. Um, so in Xinjiang, where there is a genocide. Um, we had a fellow get the Open Government Data Act signed into law. This creates a chief data officer at every federal agency uh, and um, requires all non-sensitive data to be open and machine readable. Um, we had uh, a, a fellow um, uh, uh, organize the first hearing on facial recognition technology in Congress. We had a fellow... Um, <clears throat> Uh, reveal um, disparities in the way the CDC was tracking um, COVID mortality data for uh, underrepresented minorities during um, during COVID, which led to a change in data and a change in uh, an allocation of millions of dollars of resources to communities. Um, I could go on and on and on and on and on. Um, fellows do extraordinary, extraordinary work. 
um, and uh, and the impact that you can have in Congress is um, at a scale um, uh, unmatched uh, of any any of that in 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 Congress or in industry. So um, maybe we should talk a little bit about the how, how the fellowship works. So um, depending on the track that you apply for, the mid career fellowship is one year. Uh, that's January through December, with an option to extend for um, a 13th month. Um, the stipend for that for uh, next year is $86,700. Um, our early career fellowship, um, which we've called the Congressional Innovation Scholars Program, um, the stipend, is, so that is a 10 and a half month program. Um, it's $63,240. Uh, um, annually, so that's prorated uh, over 10 months. And all of them have um, some really, really great benefits. Um, we, we reimburse up to $400 a month for healthcare, um, uh, $2,000 for your first month um, in DC for accommodation, um, uh, $1,500 and $2,500 respectively for the early career and mid career for relocation uh, to Washington and $1,500 and $2,500 respectively. Again, early career, mid-career for travel and conferences during the program. We have a $500 clothing stipend. We cover one medical uh, subscription um, to get when you get to DC. We have uh, a fund for socializing, um, uh, for getting to know um, your fellow fellows. Um, so we work really hard to build um, benefits, a $500 attire allowance for any clothing upgrades you want. So um, how does the fellowship work once you're accepted into the program? Um, well, once you're accepted in, we've got uh, six weeks of training on the front end. Um, really, really important that we give you the basics um, so that you can seek, succeed on day one in Congress. The first three weeks are our orientation. We're in the middle of that right now for our June fellows. We just uh, finished up um, uh, doing a training on writing uh, oversight letters, writing letters, basically re request letters to companies, um, uh, investigation letters to companies. Um, and so the, uh, the orientation is two tracks. First track is the tactical skills you need to excel in, in Congress. So it's understanding um, congressional committees and jurisdiction, House and Senate rules. We have you plan a committee hearing, as I said, write oversight letters. <laughs> um, research uh, legislation using um, legislative uh, tools, write questions for prospective uh, witnesses, um, really, really tactical-based uh, training. Um, the other track is, you know, who are the people that make up Washington, D.C. and play, play a part in the policymaking process? So we meet with, um, we meet with advocacy organ organizations, uh, folks like the Center for Democracy and Technology, think tanks, um, like uh, like New America, um, public knowledge, uh, federal agencies like the Federal Trade Commission, university centers uh, like Georgetown's Tech Law Institute, tech companies like Google and Lyft, trade associations uh, like uh, the, the now defunct uh, Internet Association, but we meet with other trade trade associations. Um, but to help that that's to give you the network um, that you'll uh, you'll need to succeed in Congress and to help you get a sense of how all of these entities play into the policymaking process. Um, and then we go into a three-week placement period. And the really, really fantastic thing about this program is that you get to choose your placement. 
So you get to choose where you spend your fellowship in Congress, and you get to go work for your political hero. And as I, as I said, that that has been that has included fellows, you know, going to work for Senator Tim Scott, going to work for Senator Rob Portman, going to work for the Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, um, uh, going to work for um, uh, uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar, and working on her antitrust-related work. Um, it really depends on what you want to accomplish, and we um, we we make that possible for you. Um, so you spend three weeks um, talking to officers. The placement process works also on two tracks. Track one, uh, which we started on Monday, <laughs> we email about 900 staffers in Congress. Um, it's about half of the offices in Congress, and we send them your short bio, and we say, you know, we've got this great fellow coming in. They've got this background and these interests. Would you be interested in talking to them? From that, we populate a list of the offices that opt in that want to talk to you. Um, and um, so that's track one. Track two, um, which we uh, completed today and yesterday, is we sit down with all the fellows and we say, you know, here are the eight offices that have opted into you. What do you want to work on? And who's not on this list that should be? So you want to work on uh, privacy and uh, your a Democrat, well, you know, you should talk to Senator Blumenthal and um, you should talk to uh, um, Representative Schakowsky because he's the author of that bill in the House. Um, and we add on to that list and by the end you have maybe 20 offices and you spend the next three weeks through our introductions and introductions of our alumni, um, getting to know those offices and talking with them and 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 understanding the merits of working for one office for another. We have a, a very sophisticated framework for this. And um, then we coach you through what's going to be best for you in uh, in your placement at the end and help you make that decision. Um, and we have uh, alumni on staff that we uh, that we we pay for to consult and and support you with that. Um, we're really, really proud of the capacity we've built um, for that. Uh, so after that, what happens when you land on the hill? Well, um, uh, you perform duties and you act like any other congressional staff, um, but you have this unique ex um, expertise and experience that uh, otherwise isn't available. Um, and you apply your experience and technology to a variety of work, um, like um, you know you're re researching relevant policymaking, like Aaron Baruga was doing for Senator Cotton. Um, on uh, emerging defense technologies, um, advising him for the defense authorization bill in 2019. Um, you help educate members and staff about issues like Peter Turplick was doing for Senator Thune, um, advising him um, on the, for, for the daily brief that every day um, during COVID, advising him on the coronavirus response. Um, you might be rating legislation like Allison did, um, authoring the um, facial recognition um, uh, uh, regulation bill, or like B. Cavello did, um, authoring the reintroduction of, um, of the Algorithmic Accountability, bit, uh, um, Algorithmic Accountability Act. Um, you might be preparing for committee hearings, like um, Anna Lenhart did, working for the House Antitrust Subcommittee, um, writing questions, writing 70% of the questions for um, Mark Zuckerberg, Tim Cook, uh, Sundar Pichai and Jeff Bezos when they testified um, two summers ago. Um, you might be building coalitions and partners with with other groups like Eric Mill did, um, helping um, coordinating election security and election advocates to um, create a uh, a um, 
vulnerability disclosure system for um, election security vulnerabilities. So extraordinarily impactful work, um, extraordinarily meaningful work. And um, throughout your fellowship, we are there to help you succeed. Uh, we do that with a variety of ongoing programming. We have a speaker series where we bring in um, we bring in thought leaders, people like Jen Palka, the um, the founder of of um, Code for America, um, Matt Cutts, um, who was the head of the United States Digital um, <clears throat> Digital Service, um, and and many many others. Um, um, Todd Park, uh, former CTO of the United States, um, uh, we work to bring in. Um, uh, really high level people that will support you. We also have, um, a fellowship networking series that we started. Um, this is, uh, to bring in the, all the public interest tech, um, fellowships. We started this during COVID. So it's with the presidential innovation fellowships and the Mozilla fellows and the Aspen tech policy hub fellows, um, Lincoln network fellows. Um, I could go there. There are over a dozen, um, fellowships. Um, that we that we bring together, that Tech Congress organizes and bring together. So we're also organizing a, um, a first ever fellowship, uh, congressional fellowship networking event. Um, and then we have uh, a variety of other ongoing programming. We're constantly barraging with panels, events, receptions, happy hours, um, briefings um, uh, to get to integrate you into the DC tech policy ecosystem. So. Um, Couple other things and then we'll be there for questions. I'd encourage you to start populating some questions about orientation or about selections or about the day-to-day -day, uh, experience of fellows in, in chat. If, um, would love to see someone, uh, be that, be that courageous person to throw the, that first question in chat. Um, so important question. What, what do fellows do after? I, I will just say we find that this is, uh, an extraordinary thing to have on your resume. It is, uh, there's nothing like it to have spent a year working in Congress, working at the top level of policymaking on tech policy, and to be a technologist doing that, because there are so few of you in Washington. I mean, there, there are, uh, it, you know, it, it's in the triple digits, um, the number of you that, uh, um, uh, that have this ex expertise. So about a third stay in government, fellows have stayed on in, in the Senate and the House, at the Department of Defense. We have a, a alumni that's a, the chief of staff to the National Cyber Directory. Um, we have fellows that go um, to nonprofits and civil society. Uh, we've got a couple that have gone to the ACLU, places um, uh, like uh, Harvard um, and their Center for Security and Emerging Technology, or excuse me, Georgetown, um, <laughs> uh, Center for Security and Emerging Technology, also Harvard. Um, Upturn, which is a, a great small little tech policy think tank, um, and others. Um, and then about a third go um, back to the private sector, they go back to tech. Um, but what we find is those that go back to tech, they go back um, in really, really um, foundationally different roles. Um, and they're, they're, they're much more at the strategic la layer or the product management layer. Um, so we have uh, a number that have gone back to, um, they've gone to Microsoft and on the AI ethics team. Um, we have a uh, fellow, uh, an alumni that went to um, Google Chrome managing their security. We have another that um, is the chief policy office, officer for an offensive drone startup. Um, so it, it's a really, um, uh, really, really unique and uh, <laughs> uniquely, um, I will say, resonant um, 
thing to have on your resume and to talk to folks about. Um, you you have this if you are interdisciplinary in, in a way that very few people are. Um, so even if government you decide government isn't for you, um, going back to tech, we we found fellows have had um, really wonderful opportunities coming after the program. Um, so lastly, a couple logistical pieces, and then we're getting into questions. Um, uh, applications are due 11:59 uh, p.m. Eastern on August the 10th. Um, we are not, and we can't give extensions uh, because we send that to our selections board um, literally the next morning. So um, you need to be a citizen green card holder or have deferred action for childhood arrivals to be part of the program. Unfortunately, Congress um, uh, is, a, is a hard place to be if, um, if you don't have uh, ties to, to the country, um, to the state. Um, you don't, um, you, we will let you know uh, before we contact your references. You don't need to worry about the references that you've, you've put in there. Um, I want to encourage you to read the blog and listen to the podcast, um, uh, which the podcast that Alina, uh, Alina created about two years ago. Lots of insight about, um, about the program, about the fellows, and about the fellows' experiences. Um, we have several blog posts um, and several um, pieces on tips for your application. There's, um, uh, there is a, uh, a, a 30-minute training that we hosted on writing your uh, writing your policy essay um, that Brooke Hunter, our senior advisor, and I uh, hosted about a year ago. Um, so I want to encourage you to, to, to read those um, before you apply. And um, what we're really looking for, I mean, we're looking for four key things uh, in an application. We're looking for some technical ability. Um, so um, some technical training, whether that's on the job or, um, or you know, formally through a degree program. Um, we are looking for tech translation skills. So you need to be able to break down, uh, you know, um, uh, what, what's PII? Um, uh, how does a cell phone make a call? Um, those kinds of things to uh, a member of Congress. Um, real ability to work well on teams and in an entrepreneurial way. Congress is a super collaborative place. It's really fun. Um, and it's a, a, it's a really team-driven place. And then finally, um, and this is most important, um, uh, your vision for how this is going to change your career. I mean, we want to fundamentally reshape the arc of your career. We, we want to change your life. Um, and we are doing that. Um, we are doing that with our fellows. And um, we want to know um, your vision for, you know, how you're going to use the platform of, advising the Speaker of the House uh, on tech policy issues or, um, uh, you know, drafting, um, you know, provisions of, of antitrust law or organizing a hearing with a top tech CEO. How are you going to use that opportunity in that 12 months to, to be the leader that we, we want you to be and that you can be? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fabulous platform, and um, we want to we know your vision for um, the leader and the bridger that you want to you want to be between tech and government, and so that's the most important that we're looking for is this career catalyst vision. So, um, lastly, I will say elephant in the room. Um, you know, we're in COVID. I, we're coming out of it. I hope. <laughs> I hope. Um, but uh, sadly, this is not a remote fellowship. All of virtually all of Congress is back in person, um, and so you will have to relocate to Washington for this. Um, I mean, even during COVID, we had fellows that, that had to go in here and there. Anna um, staffing that, that hearing with Zuckerberg, Bezos, and others 
Um, she had to be in the office for several days among that. So um, Congress, sadly, is still um, a 19th century institution. We're working really hard to modernize that. Um, uh, but we are we are uh, operating in its context. And so you do have to relocate to Washington for that. Um, we have some really great ideas for other ways you can join the broader public interest tech ecosystem if, you, if, if that's um, too much of a commitment for you. Um, so we can we can talk more about that in Q and A if that's helpful. Um, and you know, uh, this has been a really hard. What are we? Twenty eight months into this, um, and you know it's been it's been it's been hard on all of us. I'm, I'm sure it's been hard on you. Um, and you know, I think I think it's it's easy to you may be you may be thinking you know. Congress and government never really thought about it, and life, life's still in transition, and life's still strange, and we're adjusting to this new normal. And I want to, um, I want to say to you that um, that should be the reason that you should apply for this program, not the reason you shouldn't apply for this program. Um, we are at a tremendous inflection point, and our fellows that worked through 2020 and 2021, I mean, it was very hard on them. But they did extraordinarily meaningful work, authoring $8 billion for broadband for underserved communities, like um, the health disparities that Crystal worked on for Senator Warner, um, uh, or Senator Warren, um, and the impact that that made uh, in reallocation of resources. Um, uh, you know, we had Walter Pope work on the um, policing reform bill um, in the wake of the racial justice protests in uh, in January 2020. This is just extraordinarily impactful work and your country needs you. Um, we are in living in, in hard times and we need people to step up and serve. And so if you're on the fence, I want to ask you to raise your hand and step up and serve um, because we will get you to a place where you will have an extraordinary impact for your country in Congress. And um, so um, please take the leap and, and join us. Um, your country needs you. So um, with that, I, I always do this. I always speak a little bit longer than, than I intended to. Um, we will take some questions. So um, just re rebooting Slack and taking, taking longer than it does because let me let me ask. Can we get a brave soul to ask an audio question? Maybe even if you've already put it in chat, um, you can press star star to unmute yourself. I'll ask a question that I've already put in chat. Thank you. Uh, uh, when will the decisions be made uh, about the substance and rejection? You said it goes to the committee. Um, like the next day, August 11th, uh, how quickly do they decide? Yeah, great question. Um, so it, 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 it depends. It typically takes like eight to 10 weeks from the time applications close that we have offers out. Um, so um, I don't know that we have a firm deadline, but that's, I mean, we've, we've pushed back. We've, we've opened the application earlier <clears throat> and we're reviewing earlier because we, we really want to give people as much as much notice as possible. I will say um, last year, I think it was like, so I think it was like mid-October 
um, where we had um, offers out um, just to give as, as much uh, time as possible. But we don't we don't have the specific specific dates yet. But um, we work really hard. We'll say we work really hard to have quick turnarounds. Um, you know, <laughs> at, at the interview stage, you're probably going to get an email from us inviting you to interview, and the interview will be like five days later. We have an interview prep guide, so we work work really well that um really really hard to make it humane but you know we'll turn around for first first round interviews the second round interviews typically within a week or two so um um we work really hard to um make this <clears throat> as expeditious as possible so ho hopefully that that got that question so i finally got slack below um so let me let me look at um uh Question number one, are there any preferred or advantageous topics to propose in the application? Um, great question. So I assume this relates to the policy essay. Um, I, I will say um, uh, my advice here is to think more specific. Um, and, you know, maybe um, more, less mainstream. So if you're deciding between writing a you know, if you've got certain interests or certain expertise or um, certain knowledge, uh, and you're deciding between, you know, writing a writing an essay on proposing a federal privacy standard, or you want to talk about, uh, you know, um, uh, genetic health privacy and tracking, or you know, uh, period tracking apps and the vulnerability of location there, choose a specific one, choose the latter. Um, the, the essays that I think um, really shine are when people um, get, get really um, kind of uh, specific and, 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 um, uh, and in, in depth. I will also say, I just, I, we, sometimes we get, um, we got a lot, of, we, you know, the question is submit a, submit a, write about a tech policy question. We really want to, we really want you to pick a topic that lets your technical skills shine. And I will, um, just name, um, some topics that, that, that are, that, that are hard to do for that. Um, a lot of folks, um, we've, we've gotten a, a good, a good amount of essays around, you know, um, uh, on STEM policy or STEM education or um, tech and DEI. These are all super, super important topics and they're topics that are really relevant to Congress. Um, but it's hard to let your technical skills shine when you're talking about STEM education um, or you're talking about um, uh, diversifying the, the sector or um, investments in um, uh, HBCUs or um, talent pipelines. So if you do choose those topics, you want to think about like how how are you gonna how are you gonna let your tech skills shine? We really want to see that that tech translation, so your knowledge of of technical concepts and 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 how that's communicated. So so um, th those can be essays that are that, that I will just call out um, that can be hard to um, to talk about technically. Um, let's see here, Brooke, I might have you take a. a a question or two. I'm giving this is your forewarning, and I'm going to read through the questions uh, to see 
Um, there's a good, there's a good one on basic qualifications to, um, to entry, how to apply successfully, any tips? And uh, is there an age limit? I don't know if either of those might be ones you'd, you'd want to field. And I'm hoping that while I've asked this, you've managed to unmute, be able to unmute yourself. <laughs> sure thing. Uh, hi, everyone. Thanks for joining the call. Um, there is no age there is no maximum age limit, and I don't think we've ever actually established a minimum age limit, but if we were to, I would uh, suspect it would be 18. Um, and let's see, the basic, uh, let's see, basic qualifications for entry and how to apply successfully. So basic qualifications are really uh, that you have a, a thorough understanding of tech of how technology works. Um, maybe you have an engineering background, maybe you have a coding background, maybe you have, I mean, tech we realize is a very broad category and we've, we've talked a lot about um, how, how we define that. And I think we, we really keep it intentionally broad because what we are looking for is really someone who has a fundamental understanding of how modern tech works or uh, the kind of the way, a way of thinking where you can uh, figure out how something works or you know who to call to help walk you through it, um, how to really get to the bottom of how something works so that you can th think about the implications of how that technology, when you're thinking about regulating technology, um, we want you to have uh, a, a fundamental understanding of how things work so that you can describe and explain uh, to someone in Congress how these things are going to work. And this is why we focus a lot on the translation quality. Um, this, is, this is why that's one of the most important things that we look for, because ultimately what you're going to be doing is really translating. Um, and so I would say that that is one of the the basic qualification um, and how to apply successfully. I mean, we have done a lot of, of calls and workshops on, on this. You know, there's no one uh, magic uh, answer to that question. Um, I think just don't, so one thing that we always warn people of is, is, you know, it can be intimidating to shift sectors like this. And so please don't let imposter syndrome prevent you from applying. Um, you know, we've had people apply and maybe the first time they don't get accepted, but maybe they get accepted when they apply again the next year. Or sometimes we've had people get accepted applying a third time. Um, the thing is that for every pool of candidates, there's going to be something that that stands out about some, some applications. Some, someone who's really excellent at describing a policy issue or describing their own background and their own motivations for applying to the program. Um, someone who uh, who just, you know, we take people, like I said, we take people from lots of different sort of tech backgrounds. Um, so there really is no one uh, specific path that you take to Tech Congress. More there are several different paths that people will come in to tech, to tech Congress. And so for general tips, I would say people that have really looked over the Tech Congress website, 
um, who've attended calls like these. I mean, you're already ahead of the game by being on this call and asking these questions. Um, and uh, Alina posted in the chat, the policy essay workshop. This is where Travis and I talked through um, tips for writing a good policy essay. And I would say that the policy essay really is an important element of your application. So watch, you know, watch that workshop. Um, that will give you some tips to write a good essay, which will then help you a lot in your overall application. That's great. Thank you, Brooke. Yeah, I just underscore, you'll learn a lot from reading the policy essay or watching the policy essay workshop. I will also say just by perusing the blog, we, we have we have applicants that from time to time just misunderstand what we're doing. They think we're, you know, an organization that's going to send you into Congress to code. Not what, that's not your role. You're going to do tech policy. You're a policy advisor. Um, and those, um, you know, those mistakes can can definitely be overcome or mitigated. Um, it would have been if they if they if they'd read through um, a couple of our blog posts um, uh, and um, and the policy essay. Um, I want to take a couple of the kind of operational um, questions uh, um, together. Um, specific formats for the application and are they available on the website? Yeah, um, so the application is available at techcongress.io slash apply. I, from, I, I wanna give an operational logistical tip also, which is the application is embedded on our website, but I really wanna encourage you all to um, draft, your, draft your application in a separate document and then paste it in um, and or, um, we use a platform called Screen Door, um, and that's what's embedded in, in the website. To apply directly on Screen Door, there's a link to that on the apply page. We find um, if you are applying and writing directly in the embed, um, it's really easy for typos to pop up, and that will be a really big knock on your application if you have typos. Uh, Congress is a place where attention to detail really matters. Um, I mean, uh, it really, really matters. Um, um, these are these are members of Congress that are they're going to be reading your remarks um, without you know without having looked at them ahead of time maybe on network television but certainly on C-SPAN and so attention to detail is is paramount and um, if there are like if there are typos or errors that that will knock your application. Um, one other tip um, we we work really hard to um, to make this process um, as inclusive and equitable as as possible. And that means um, the, the application is anonymous. So once you submit, um, we strip out all identifying, um, as, as many identifying characteristics as possible. We strip out your name, your location, um, email address, such like that. And we, ask, we also ask you to take your name off of, um, off of your resume and your resume file name. We have that bolded all over, but, but people still miss that. Um, you, would, you would definitely get knocked if you, if you um, fail to remove your name because um, that makes it, it, it really, it throws a wrench in our um, ability to, um, to, to run this process anonymously, um, which is, which is really important for um, mitigating unco unconscious bias. So that's another um, just tip I would, I would throw out there. Um, 
keep the questions coming. These are great, great questions. Um, acceptance rate. Uh, we typically have, um, I can't give you a percentage, but we typically have, I will say we believe, I and mean, we believe in transparency about this. Um, um, and uh, at each stage of the application process, we'll, we will we will share with you um, how many people are still uh, viable um, and in in the process. Uh, so we have 200 to 300 applicants typically each cycle, and from there, um, you know, we're accepting typically eight to 12 fellows. For this next class, we hope to have as many as as 12 fellows. Um, this will we we've got a. We've, we've done well raising money. We're, you know, we're, we're a scrappy nonprofit and we, um, we raise money for fellows each, each cycle. So we have some fundraising more to do, but our hope is to have 12 fellows in January and then 12 fellows in June of 2023. So, um, you can do the math there. Um, uh, but, um, I also just want to plus one, plus 1000 Brooks comments about repeat applicants. If that, if that happens to be you or you're listening now and you apply and you happen to just fall short, um, Repeat applicants mean a tremendous amount to me personally and to us in the process. And you do um, folks that apply again, it shows grit, it shows determination. And that's the kind of um, person that succeeds, I mean, in life, but but certainly in Washington and in Congress. So um, so that's something we we really, really appreciate. It's, it's a hard thing. I've, I've had my fair share of rejections. It's a really hard thing to, you know, pick yourself back up and, you know, brush yourself off and, and throw yourself in the arena again. And so kudos to you if, if you do that. That's something we, we really respect and, and, um, and admire. So uh, some other questions. Um, are there provisions for time off? I will be defending my dissertation halfway through 2023 and would might. I'm going to say you probably will need a week off for that. Um, congratulations to you for, for defending your dissertation. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's time off. Um, it's a great question. Thank you for it. Um, we, uh, this is not, you're not going to work for 365 days straight. Our policy is that you follow the, um, the, the PTO policies of your sponsoring office. Um, and in practice, um, you know, congressional offices are, for, first, this is an educational program. You are not staffed by, by rules of congressional ethics. You cannot be, you are not to be treated as a, as a, as a full-time staffer. And so we, you go into this process and we say relentlessly during orientation and placement, um, this is for your educational benefit. You should bring that funds to all of your activities. Um, felt we have fellows take, that, fellows take vacation. We make sure they take vacation. We work hard as an organization to model. Time off is very important. Um, it's very important to our, you know, productivity and our mental health. Um, so this is something you'll just want to flag for your office. Um, right before you start, it won't be a problem at all. Um, but, you know, in orientation this week, we're saying, you know, book book a week in August that you're gonna take off. Like you need to take it off. Um, we, I will also say we, we, in our agreements with offices on the rare, rare chance that an office is, is a workhorse office and seemingly less accommodating um, that uh, per the fellowship, they are required to give you the minimum um, amount of holiday um, consistent with that provided to federal workers, which is um, for for all of your experience, 15, 15 days a year. Um, so if, if it's the 10-month fellowship, it's prorated over that. But that's um, uh, that is um, that is you know uh, what the federal government requires. 
Um, and then a question about orientation period um, start in January during the year. Yeah, it's it's January. Um, the start date, we don't have it yet, but it's usually around <clears throat> um, it's usually around the 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th of January. It sort of depends on the calendar um, and what the best day is to start, but it's typically right around then. And it will be, again, this cycle, if I had to guess, I'd say like January 8, 9, 10. Um, and, and that's when the, that's when the six week onboarding training um, begins. Um, and we really hope we can do it in person. Um, uh, um, what if I have to reveal my gender in the policy essay? Will that bi violate the, um, the an anonymization? Um, if, if that's important to your essay, that's okay. Um, I think we're, we're, we, you know, um, if that's, if that's an important part of your essay, because it's part of your personal history or personal story, then, I mean, you should, you should absolutely live your, be authentic to you and live your personal story. Um, uh, um, um, so don't, don't worry about that. We're mostly concerned about, you know, we have, we have instructions in the application and it's like, it's twofold. Take your name off your resume, take your name off the file name. The other stuff if it's if it's harder to mitigate we understand that um you know we we hope people um do their best to um remove remove um remove it from places that it's possible but m m more than that we we want you to write a, an essay that's authentic to you and that's true to you and so um you should um you should do that um so um that you would not be you would not be marked off for that so um We've got like eight minutes left. Is there anyone that would be courageous enough to ask a question over audio? I'd love to get another audio question because I get the I get the transcript back from over Uber conference of how much I've been talking versus other people, and it always makes me feel bad because I am so dominating the um, <laughs> the conversation. But I see a question in the chat. I um, mistakenly included my oh did someone unmute themselves yeah that's me go ahead Great. Yay. <laughs> what's your question my question is i am a founder of a company so i would be working on that so if i get accepted uh how does it work like uh i should I, i'm allowed to be part of a company while i am part of the tech congress yeah, so that's a um, that's a that's a big question. Well, congratulations on founding a company. That is not easy. Uh, I'm sure has been without not without its challenges. Um, uh, so kudos to you. Um, Thank you. So uh, it, it it really depends. So I mean, the work in Congress is definitely full time, um, but um, the degree to which it's full time really. It, um, I mean, we have we have fellows that come in that have families and obligations and they really want a placement that's 40 hours a week. Um, and so we are, um, we're happy and eager to, to, um, to support that. And we've had a number of fellows. Um, we have fellows right now that, that optimized for that during their placement process. We have other fellows that come in and they're willing to work 70, 80 hours a week because it means working for the speaker of the house or, you know, working for um, a really, you know, a Senator, a Senator Warner from Virginia. Um, um, so, uh, I will say it is, 
it's not impossible, but it would be challenging um, given the demands. The the other layer is we there are there are rules for congressional ethics. Um, so if your if your company had activities that um, that um, had interest in the activities of Congress, um, then uh, you would you know we need to talk to the ethics committees and you need to recuse yourself from um, from working on those um, those issues. So. That's a, sort of a harder thing to answer because it relates. It would have to relate to the specifics of of what your company does and the market size and all, all um, and and all 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 that sort of stuff. So um, it's not it's not impossible, um, but it's also you know uh, I guess that I would I would throw it back to you about you know do do you feel like you can run a company and work forty hours a week in in Washington and that's I guess that that would be a question that that you would um, need to weigh um, that you would need to weigh. Yeah. Okay, got it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And I see a question about um, mistakenly included a last name on the publication section of the resume. Really, don't worry about that. Um, that that happens. I mean. Anyone that's been in academia <laughs> on the resume or the CV, like you've got lots and lots of publications. Don't worry about that. Um, that's uh, especially last name, like um, that's 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 quite okay. Um, don't stress about it. That's it's uh, it's the um, it's it's the it's the it's the name at the top of the resume and the final name that, that are that are most um, that are most impactful. So. Um, so we can, um, but if that is a, uh, if you, if, if you feel concerned about that and would like to update that, then, um, um, you can email us. And, um, so, uh, Alina, I'm going to just drop your, <laughs> your, your email address, um, uh, which is Alina, uh, A-L-E-E-N-A at techcongress.io, um, and what we can do is we can process an edit to your application, um, and uh, you'll get a you'll get it'll automate a link, and then you can go in and um, swap out um, one resume for another. So um, totally up to you, um, but we can we can do that. Um, we can make that happen if if, uh, if you'd like. Well, thanks, Alina, putting it in the chat. We've got about three minutes left, and I'd love to take another question or two, you know, about the work or about what fellows do after or, you know, challenges of the fellowship, um, accomplishments of the fellowship, uh, the application itself, anything that might be top of mind. I put uh, I just put a question in the chat, but you like voice questions, so I'll give it to you voice. Uh, how's it <laughs> great, great. Uh, how is it uh, finding uh, housing in D.C. on kind of such short notice? Great, great question, Jack. Thank you for that. Um, it's, it's, I will confess this was something I was very nervous about when I started Tech Congress, and it has been, um, it has been fine. Um, I, and I will also say, you know, we, so we've got the relocation uh, allowance, which is 15 to 2,500, depending on whether you're early or mid-career. Um, and you can use that for hotels, Airbnb, um, 
uh, while um, while you're moving, uh, in addition to moving expenses. We also have, I mean, I, I'm really proud that we've kept this. There, I don't know of another, I don't know of another organization that has um, has a, a stipend like this, but we've got $2,000 that you can use really for anything for your first, for housing for your thir first 30 days. So Airbnb, Verbo, <laughs> hotels, um, or lease. And so we provided that. We started that during COVID um, because we realized, you know, you can't just come out here. I mean, for, for some folks, like, you know, you can't just, you just can't just come out here and, and house hunt for a couple of days. And so what we, we, we designed it as really an iterative process for housing. You could come out here and you could get a place for two or three weeks. And while you're here, you could search. And that has mitigated really all of the challenges. Um, it, it's made a huge difference. And so we've kept it and we're going to keep it. And, and I'm, I think it's a, I think it's a great policy to have. DC market itself. I mean, I was in San Francisco, I was in San Francisco six years before I came back here. DC is not an easy market. Um, but there's, DC is building, compared to San Francisco for sure, um, is built, is building, um, units like at massive scale. And so, um, you know, it's not cheap, um, but there are places available. Um, so we haven't had anybody have, um, we haven't had anyone have serious challenges. And I, I frankly, I rarely hear from fellows that, that this has been hard for them, which has been heartening to me. So, um, so yeah, well, we are at time. Um, so I just want to say thank you all for, for spending time to, to join us and chat with us. Um, <clears throat> this uh, afternoon, this evening, this, you know, mid-afternoon if you're on the West Coast. And I, I really want to um, put a final call. You know, the last um, 28 months have just, um, they've been really, really hard. Um, they have been uh, a difficult transition for all of us. And I think if if there's one lesson that I've taken from from COVID is that life is short. Um, and that, um, that there are a lot of problems in this country. I mean, we, you don't, you know, you turn on the news, um, there's a lot of, um, inequity. There's a lot of, um, lack of representation. You know, we, we're solving a tech deficit in, in problem, but, uh, tech deficit, um, challenge in Congress, but what we're really solving is. Congress doesn't include or represent or look like or source the country and the people that it's supposed to serve. Um, and COVID has just put on full display how urgently your skills and expertise are needed. Every issue is a tech issue. Tech is, tech is the infrastructure of our daily lives and it touches everything. And a decent functional government that can serve you know, conserve vulnerable populations, conserve our veterans, conserve, um, conserve Americans. Like it needs this expertise so badly and so desperately. And, um, we're making progress. Um, but we need to make more. And so even if you've never thought about serving in government or Congress, the vast majority of our fellows haven't. I mean, just today talking to them. <laughs> um, can't believe I'm doing this, um, talking to the new class. 
and and I'm I'm so inspired by them. Um, they are going to have a profound impact, and and you can have a profound impact. So I really want you to like move past the imposter syndrome, move past the should I do this, and just raise your hand. Um, government needs you. Um, the country needs you, and so um, take the leap. We really hope we see your application on August 10th. And um, thank you for taking the time to hear us out and learn a little bit about the program and um, look forward to hearing more from you. So um, thanks again and have a great afternoon and evening.